Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. The title of this message today, I had been working for the last three weeks on a, a different message. And yesterday, the Lord just arrested me and gave me a whole new message for you this morning. And the title is simply this, Fear Not. Fear Not. Um, as I was seeking the Lord, He spoke to me in my journal as he often does. And, and to me, it's, it's so important that anytime that I have the opportunity to share with you, it's never a canned message. I, I rarely ever preach the same message twice. Even if I'm on an, a, a similar subject, I always want the Holy Spirit to speak to me directly. And, and this is what he said very clearly. He said, Joel, I am the God of peace. I am the author of life. I am all powerful and in control. This isn't a surprise to me. I wasn't caught off guard. I'm fully in control. Now you, my people, need to be in control of your hearts and your minds. We have a responsibility. We are people of faith, period. We're people of faith. We have access to something that other people across the globe don't have. There are people that are going through this and they don't have the hope you have. They're walking through this, they're watching online, they're watching the news, they're hearing podcasts, they're seeing the results, they're watching this thing, this pandemic spread across the globe and they don't have what you have. And that's why we've gotta be the people of faith. That's why we've got to be led by the Spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit, those are the sons and daughters of God. We're God's people and He's with us. I, um, I don't know how you react to the, to the germ thing and the virus and the bacteria thing. I normally don't think that much about those types of things, but obviously I'm a little more aware uh, now than I normally would be. Uh, I'm aware of people coughing around me, having to be on a plane a couple weeks ago, and thankful there was no one. Uh, normally, I'm, I'm mostly concerned about uh, crying babies on a plane or something like that. That seems silly, uh, but, but you know, we, I sympathize with that, uh, that stage of life and being the parent. Uh, but at the same time, I'm normally not that germ conscious. And, and right now, even I feel like I'm washing my hands like 50 times a day. And, and, and you almost feel like, you know, the feeling when you walk into a spider web, there's nothing that freaks me out more than walking into a spider web. And you're just sure that that spider is on you somewhere. That's how some of us may feel right now with the germ things, all of these invi invisible killers and all of that type of thing. And, and we know that this is most dangerous to certain segments of our population, uh, people that are uh, older, or people that have previous health conditions or even the very young are more susceptible and most of the population is going to be a little bit more formidable. But that doesn't mean that we may or may not carry something that can hurt someone else. And that's why it's so important that we lead in this and that we do take time to rest. Apparently, God is up to something. He's up to something. He's, he's putting us in position to lead and he's giving us an opportunity to reflect and to rest. And we in this time must be people of prayer. We must be people of declaration. We must be people of faith. 
First and foremost, today, I want you to understand that God is in control. That's the number one thing he said. God is in control. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He wasn't surprised. He wasn't like, oops, what's this? He understands. He knows. And guess what? He's got the solution and he's going to bring it to light and he's going to be glorified in this. And we, as the people of God, have to hold on to that and know that, that God is in control. Number two, fear is not of God, period. Fear is not of God. Now, there is something in scripture called holy fear, and holy fear is reverence. It's not actual terror. It's reverence and respect for who God is, but fear is not of God. See, the scriptures are very clear to us in that passage that Natalie mentioned earlier that says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. The verse right before that in Second Timothy 1 verse 6 said, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. That is talking about the infilling and the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit that is in each and every one of our lives. He says, I want to remind you to stir up the Holy Spirit, stir up the gift of God that is alive in you. I did a study many years ago about that passage, stir up the gift and it literally is a combination of words in the Greek language. The word is anazopereo. That's a, it's a phrase to stir up the gift inside of you. That phrase, ana, literally means up. Zo means alive. And pur is fire. It means to provoke the living fire inside of you. The fire of God. He's an all-consuming fire. And he lives inside of you. And in times like this, we've got to be people that provoke the fire of God inside of our lives. Lives, and we stir up and we fan that gift into flame because that is the answer. Faith, not fear. God is not a God of fear. He's a God that gives us his faith. You're saved by faith, says in the book of Ephesians, and that faith isn't even yours. It's a gift from God. God gave you a portion of his faith so that you could believe and receive and come into salvation in him. That's really good news. Come on, that's really good news. We've got to be people of faith. Then it says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. So he understand, we understand that when we provoke the, the fire of God in our lives by praying in the Holy Spirit, by declaring the word of God in our lives, by, by encouraging ourselves in the Lord, we create an atmosphere where the spirit that he's actually given us, his Holy Spirit, is powerful. And I want to encourage you, our next series, we're starting next week, is a series on the Holy Spirit. We're going to dive in to understanding, fully, deeply understanding the Holy Spirit of the living God that not only is with us, but God says can be in us and will fill us with power to be the witnesses in the earth that he's called us to be. So you don't want to miss that. I wish that I could tell you that we'll be together in person next week, but it's just not going to happen. We don't know when we get to be together again next. It will at least be a couple of weeks. This is, our, this is our number one connection right now. And it's so important that you 
tune in with us every single week, that you stay interlocked with us. We are the body of Christ and we're in motion and we've got so much momentum. We just celebrated our first birthday and we're in our second year now. And this is how we're beginning our second year, going through this global crisis. But we're not full of fear, we're full of faith. And we're gonna stir up the gift of God that's inside of us and we're gonna provoke that living fire that's inside of us and we're gonna lead through this time and we're gonna be examples through this time and we're gonna encourage each other and we're gonna build each other up and we're gonna continue to do what God has called us to do. God literally says in scripture, he says, fear not for I am with you. You understand that? God is with you. He's with you right now this morning in your living room, in your hotel room, in your bedroom, wherever you're watching, in your office, he's with you right now. He's ever present in the time of need. He's not far from you. He's always close. He promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be with you. When you feel far away from him, it just means you're facing the wrong direction. If you'll repent and turn to him, he's right there. He's never far from you. Isaiah 41 10 says this, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God and I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want to take a moment. I want to point out that the right hand of God is the hand of his favor. I will uphold you with my right hand. He made that very clear that this isn't just, just, ooh, just any hand. No, it's my right hand. It's the hand of my favor. God's favor is upon your life. His favor is upon your family. His protection is upon you. You don't need to walk in fear. You must walk in faith because his right hand of favor is upon your life. I want to take you to our main story this week, and it's going to connect in to the journey that our team went on to Israel. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we were in the location of this story. It's a, it's a, a city, uh, ancient ruins now, that is called Caesarea Philippi. And as I go through the story in a little bit, you'll see a few images that we've prepared for you. But I want to start here. This is found in Matthew chapter 16. And if you have your Bible, if it's on your uh, device or whatever, you can go and read this with us. I'll be reading from the New King James, uh, Matthew 16, verse 13. It says this, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? The son of man. Who do they say that I, the son of man am? So they said, some say you're John the Baptist. John the Baptist had already been murdered by Herod. And some say you're Elijah and others say you're Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he said to them, guys, this is the biggest question. He says, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, I love, I love how Simon Peter was, was the leader early on of the group. He was the first one uh, typically to speak up and say something. And sometimes he got it right and sometimes he got it wrong. He was kind of like Babe Ruth. He was going to swing for the fences no matter what. He was going to have the most uh, home runs, but probably the most strikeouts as well. That's Simon Peter. And in this story, he hits it out of the park. But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which means son of Jonah or son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven, watch this, and I also say to you that you are Peter. 
And on this rock, Peter means little rock. And on this rock, which is another word in Greek for a great big like granite, like a mountainous rock, I will build my church. Watch. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was was Jesus the Christ or the Messiah. It wasn't time yet for the public to know that he was the Messiah, the Holy One, the living God, the one true God in the flesh come to take away the sins of the world. He wasn't ready. It wasn't time for that to be published yet, but his disciples now knew, who do you say that I am? Come on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls sitting there with your family right now, Who do you say that Jesus is? Who is he to you? Is he real to you? Is he alive in you? Is he truly your savior? Is he truly your Lord? Has he revealed himself to you? Are you awakened to the reality, the truth of who Jesus is? The one who is was and is and is to come. He is the living God and he came and he lived and he died and he rose again and he ascended into heaven and he is coming back again. And we've got to live ready and we've got to spread the word. This is time for the church to arise. You already have the light. You already have the light. And it's time for us as the church to arise. God's church, the true church, thrives in conflict. It thrives in times of persecution. It thrives in times of chaos. The scripture says that a brother is born for adversity and the family of God is born for times just like this. And we're going to lead through this. Why is this story so relevant to us? And and I want to show you a couple of images that they'll put up on the screen as I talk about this. They were at Caesarea Philippi. That means uh, Caesarea, or it's a tribute to the Caesar Augustus. But Philip, who was the brother of Herod, had built a temple there and had built a palace there. And there were in the Roman times ancient, um, not just a palace, but there were ancient temples and a sanctuary there to a god of the Romans named Pan. And that's why this is so important, so relevant, because when Jesus is telling them, when he's addressing to them about who do you say I am, and, and upon this rock, upon the revelation of who I am in your life, on that I'll build my church. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Loose on. This is a massive passage. It's so huge. It's so big. But the reason it's so relevant today is because they were literally in the place, Caesarea Philippi, where there was a temple to Pan. And in that temple, the first picture you're going to see is, is an actual picture of the, of the mountain. Uh, and it's, be- oh my gosh, it's beautiful there. It, literally, it's the foothills of Mount Hermon. Hermon, which you'll see at the very end, uh, a beautiful picture of Mount Hermon. But, but this is called the Golan Heights in Israel. And Caesarea Philippi is at the foothill. And you're going to see a beautiful river. That is where the, the, the spring, it's a natural
natural spring that comes out that's the purest water and it feeds into the Jordan River and then goes on to fill the Sea of Galilee and then fills the Dead Sea. This water, literally the water that you're seeing in the image coming out, that's what fills lakes and oceans. It's unbelievable how much water is coming out of the earth there. And the big cave that's in the rock that you see, there used to be a, a temple in front of all of that in a, in a sanctuary to worship Pan. And inside, the second picture you're going to see is inside of the cave, you're going to see water with a rock in the middle of it. And there normally wouldn't have been water in there because it was waterproofed. But that rock was where the altar was. And that's where they sacrificed humans to worship Pan. And so they're in the presence of this, and, and they're standing in front of this area that is a very impending, it's the Roman Empire, it, it's, a, it's a pagan temple, and Jesus is talking to his disciples, and right there, he's saying that I'm going to give you the authority on the earth to bind and loose things in heaven and in earth, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. That cave that you just saw, where the, where the human sacrifices was, that literally was called the gate gate of hell. That's what it was called in Jesus's day, the gate of hell, because that's where they did the human sacrifices. And his disciples were standing there. They're seeing the structure. They're seeing this impending and intimidating situation. And Jesus is saying, upon the revel in the midst of all of that, upon the revelation of who I am to you, I will build my church on that revelation. And the gates of hell, this establishment, this Roman empire that has you oppressed, this system that has you oppressed right now, that literally is murdering innocent people to try to please this God named Pan will not prevail against you. You'll be victorious over it. Why is this so important right now? Because Pan was the god of chaos. Pan literally was a god of the wilderness. He was a god of warfare and specifically the god of chaos. We get the word panic from Pan. That's where it comes from, panic. And what they would believe as they worship Pan is that God or that, that this Pan, this demon God would release panic upon their enemies. And guys, we're in the middle of a time of panic. We're in the middle of a time of a pandemic where, where people are terrified. Come on, guys, for crying out loud. What's up with the toilet paper? Seriously. <laughs> What's up with, why are we so afraid that we're, that we're not going to be able to have good hygiene? I don't understand. There are lots of options out there. Napkins, I don't know. But why are we, who knew? I, I heard a radio personality the other day say that who knew that toilet paper would become the currency of the apocalypse? I mean, it's just absolutely crazy, right? And people are panicking and they're freaking out. I remember when I was a kid, people freaked out and fought at Christmas time over who was going to get the last cabinet patch doll. Who knew it would be Charmin now, right? It's just absolutely crazy and out of control. People are panicking. And Jesus says, I've given you the keys. I've given you the keys. The gates of hell. Guys, you, know, you understand why it's so important that we need to know that, that number one, God's church is built on revelation. His church is built on, on illumination and revelation of who he is to us and who he is in our lives. Jesus Christ, he is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's going to finish the work that he's begun in you. You're not done. He's got more for you to do. He's got more for you to accomplish. And great things are going to come out of your life. 
He's got plans and he's building things in your life based on the revelation of who he is to you. Are you living in fear or are you living in faith? It's important that you recognize that you have been given the keys. You have the keys of the kingdom. What do keys represent? Keys represent authority. When you have keys, I think of people that have lots of keys, right? And they got big keychains, and all of those keys represent all of the doors that they can open, right? The people that, that, that run and they, they have authority inside of a, of a building complex and they've got key after key after key after key and they can open whatever door inside of a building complex. They have authority to open and close things in that complex. Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys to God's kingdom. I'm giving you the authority to open and close things in God's kingdom. Can I tell you, you have the authority to close sickness. You have the authority to close disease. You have the authority to close these things off from your family and from your personal life. Is it spiritual? Oh yeah, it's spiritual. Is it natural? Yeah, it's natural too. Should you wash your hands? Please. Should you have good hygiene? Please. Should you stock up on some toilet paper? Probably, right? But the most important thing is that not only do you boost up your immune system, take your vitamins, take your zinc, take things that fight viruses, do your education, make sure that you keep yourself healthy. Vitamin C, man, am I worried about catching this? No, I'm not. Because for a month, I've been boosting my immune system like crazy. My body will fight it off. But more than that, I'm fighting it in faith. And this thing has no place in my body. It's against my religion. It's against my faith. And it has no place in my family. It will not prevail here because I've been given the keys and so have you. So do the natural thing and do the spiritual thing too. We are warriors and we're at war. You've been given the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And then he said, and the kingdom suffers violence, but the violent shall take it by force. It's time for us to pray violent prayers. It's time for us to get serious in the spirit realm and to take authority in the spirit realm and not sit back and go la-di-da and let life happen to us. We need to be proactive naturally and we need to be proactive spiritually. That's why that verse in 2 Timothy is so important that it says to stir up the fire, living fire creature inside of your life. And that God has not given you a spirit of fear. Those things are connected. If you're going to defeat this fear, if you're going to defeat pan, if you're going to defeat chaos, if you're going to defeat panic, you're going to do it not just because you're taking your vitamins and using Purell on your hands. You're going to do it because you are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and you have the keys. And what you bind shall be bound. And what you loose shall be loosed. You need to be loosing healing and wholeness in your life. You need to be loosing provision and prosperity and peace in your life. You are the carrier of God's peace. Do you understand that? Jesus literally said, my peace unto you, my peace I give you. He told his disciples that when they went out and went into places to minister, to let their peace rest upon that place, that they had the ability to take peace into atmospheres and let it rest and lay it down and allow that peace to be a powerful force that changed the atmosphere. That's you. That's us. 
We're, we're ambassadors of God's peace. We carry his presence with us and we get to release it into the atmospheres that we go into. We gotta be proactive. He builds his church on revelation. He's building his church in you right now. Come on, we are the church of the living God. We, we can't use a school right now, but we're the church of the living God. We, we don't have a building built yet, but we're the church of the living God. The church of the living God is not one individual Christian. The church of the living God is the body of Christians interlocked together, living stones interlocking their lives together under God's authority and the authority figures that he places to bring them into unity. That's the church of God. That's why we have to stay interconnected. That's why we got to stay together online. That's why we got to be messaging and, and, and make, I, I, this is the time, guys, where we're going to be online messaging, talking to each other. Will we see each other in person? I'm sure we will. We can arrange some different things as this thing develops. Will we be back together worshiping in mass uh, and having powerful worship together again? Yes, we will. And I believe very soon, we just don't have control over when because we've got to lead through this and we've got to be the people of God and the people of faith and we got to be responsible. As we comply with, uh, with the leadership of our president, we comply with the leadership of our local government, we comply with that leadership to, to kind of quarantine ourselves, we're, we're taking a proactive place to make this bell curve a little more flat so that less people are infected and less people die and we get a handle on this. It's going to be dealt with. We're going to get through this. Life will return to normal and we're going to be together again, but for a temporary time, We've got to do whatever it takes, and we've got to be people of faith, and we've got to lead well. We are not walking in fear. We're walking in faith. Amen? Amen. We have the keys of the kingdom, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Do you understand that gates are not weapons of offense? Gates are preventative measures of defense. What Jesus said in this place, he literally said that you are on the offense. You're not on the defense. Come on, if you're living your life on the defense, you're losing. Because Jesus has already won the victory. And if you're so concerned, if everything is about to you, the religion of, of, of following all the little rules and checking this box and doing this little thing and being a good little boy or a good little girl, you've missed the whole point. Your righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. And if you're living in fear to try not to sin so much that you're not on the offense of taking territory, you've missed the point. The gates of hell are a defense against the offense of the kingdom. And we've got to get on offense and play on offense and start praying some offensive prayers against the forces of darkness. The kingdom of heaven inside of you suffers violence. There will be persecution. There will be tough times. There will be suffering. There will be uh, tri tribulation. We will have those things. It was actually a promise from Jesus. However, Jesus has overcome the world. He's already given us the victory and we've got to play on offense and we've got to fight the fight of faith and we've got to pray powerful prayers and take authority over things and bind things that need to be bound and loose things that need to be loosed into the lives of the people all around us. We're people of faith and we're people of declaration and we're people of practical, uh, positive practices that we do the natural thing and we do the spiritual thing. We're not so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good. We've got to be both. We've got to be super and natural, right? And it's in, it's in the balance of both of those things that we fulfill who Jesus declared for us to be. 
So my last question for you is this. What are you declaring? What are you declaring over your life? What are you declaring over your family? What do you hear your own voice saying? Do you have a voice of fear? A voice of doubt? Are you hearing out of your own mouth? Whose, whose voice are you in agreement with? Are you in agreement with the panic? Or are you in agreement with the word of life that comes from the mouth of the living God? What are you declaring? I want you to remember the very beginning of this year, we focused on the meaning of this year, 2020, which is 5780, the year 5780 in the Jewish calendar. And what that meaning was, the meaning of the year was that it was an opportunity for God's authority to be in your mouth. And there's no more important time than this right here, right now, for you to begin to practice God's authority in your mouth. What are you saying about your children? What are you saying about your boss? What are you saying about your finances? What are you saying about your future? What are you saying about this virus? What are you saying about your friends? What are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we've got to be the people that live according to his word and we declare his word and we're hearing his word and it's building our faith and we're fanning the flame of that fire creature, the the unquenchable fire of God that's inside of our lives. We've got to be people that are declaring. I don't know, you could be watching this months from now. We don't even know when you're going to see this. Some of you are going to see it this morning live. Others are going to see it later. Maybe you're going to share it. You're going to hear it on a podcast. Please do share this message. You know people that are walking in fear and panic and chaos, and they need faith to empower their lives. So please do share this message and get it out there and help people. But if you need to right now come close to the spirit of the living God, I'm going to pray a prayer with you sitting right where you are. And don't be shy or embarrassed if you're with people. Everyone pray this prayer. Just say this. Say, Father, forgive me for living in fear, for being far from you. You're not far from me. You're near to me. So I turn to you today and I give you my heart. I give you my life. I dedicate myself to you. I make you the Lord of my life, Jesus. I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, save me and fill me with faith that overcomes fear. In the name of Jesus, amen. I would love for you, wherever you are, uh, sometime later today, if you prayed that prayer and you know that this is a real life-changing moment for you, would you shoot us an email at info at oakschurch.com. We want to be able to help you, to connect with you. We'll give you a gift um, of, a, of a brand new Bible if you need one. We want to be there for you and help you. Very important uh, that we can connect with you. Um, and, and I want to I lead you in a declaration in just a moment, but we're going to go ahead and, and receive communion at this time. So if you have that ready uh, where you are, thank you, sir. If you have that ready where you are, that's wonderful. If you need to run and grab that real quick, just grab it. It, it doesn't look, mine's in a little plastic cup with a little... Uh, a little cracker in there or whatever. It can be anything. This, this isn't more powerful than what you have at your house. Could be a rich cracker and some orange juice or, or maybe you're sipping on a cup of coffee and you want to, you know, whatever it is, guys. This, you, we're not religious. We're about relationship. And, and it's very important that you recognize Jesus literally said that as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. You get to control. You get to choose how often you receive communion. And communion is us remembering who Jesus is in our lives and reconnecting 
connecting with who he is in our lives and giving ourselves to him once and for all. And this is something very important. I want to encourage you to do this on a regular basis. Do this even on a daily basis if you want to. Um, I, I believe we're going to do this very often as we're worshiping together online like this. And this is why. The Bible is very clear that, that we're only supposed to do this in faith in Jesus Christ. If you, if you are not in faith in Jesus Christ, you shouldn't do communion because that literally is the embodiment. It's of taking the Lord's name upon yourself in vain uh, because you're literally, as you do this, you're taking the identity of Jesus Christ upon yourself. That's what you're doing. And the scriptures are so clear. It talks about how some people did this wrong. They did it in vain and their, their Christianity was fake and they had no intention of living for Jesus, but they would receive communion because they had social benefits of acting like they were a Christian inside of this circle. And, and Paul literally said in the book of one of the books of Corinthians, he said that some people have become sick and even died because they were doing this without reverence and without any intention of truly living for Jesus Christ. And that sounds scary. And actually it kind of is scary. But the good news is this, if it's so powerful that you can do it wrong and become sick and potentially die, how much more powerful is it to do it right and to become well and live? And that's why I want to do this with you online right now is because you have a covenant with Jesus Christ of wholeness and health and healing. Sickness and disease have been paid for by Jesus Christ. They have no right in your body. They have no claim in your body. You are the body of Christ. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, in sickness and disease are trespassers in your body. This virus is a trespasser in your body. It cannot stay. It must die on contact. It cannot fulfill its mission. It will not prevail in your life. So I want you just to take the little piece of bread. You just, if you're with your family, you have a little dinner roll or something, that's fine, or a cracker. Just break off and everyone have a little piece. And I want you to say this. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I truly live for you. I want to please you with my life. And so I receive your body broken for me. Just receive the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. As we receive your body, Jesus, would you release a supernatural seal of your Holy Spirit upon your people? Release a supernatural presence upon your people. Wholeness right now. Sickness flees right now before your presence. Disease dies on contact because of the anointing and the presence of Jesus Christ upon your physical body. You receive the body of Christ in your life. Be whole in Jesus' name. Be whole in Jesus' name. Now, if you'll take the cup of your juice or whatever beverage that you have. And Jesus, literally on that last night of his freedom before he died for our sins, he held up the cup. He says, I'm not gonna drink this cup with you until I'm with my father in his kingdom. And it was because at the Passover, the, every, there were four cups of wine and all four of them had a meaning. And the fourth cup was a cup of freedom. It represented the freedom of God. Because God had led his people out of captivity in Egypt and set them free. And we're drinking right now. This is the cup of his freedom. Jesus said, this is the blood of my new covenant poured out for you. The freedom that we have now in Christ is that you are not saved by your good works. You're saved by his good works. He makes you righteous. And we receive freedom through his sacrifice of his blood. 
So now in faith, we're going to receive the blood of Christ and receive freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from turmoil, freedom from fear, freedom from anxiety, freedom from oppression, freedom from demonic uh, tormenting. Fear has no place in you. You're free. Receive the freedom of the new covenant of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to lead you in a declaration right now. If you'll say this with me wherever you are, make this declaration. That last point that I made for you is what are you declaring? I'm going to give you a declaration. Uh, we'll make this declaration available uh, on our website. <laughs> make sure that you do uh, have our website close at hand, oakschurch.com. On social media, it's Oaks Church Texas on all the social media platforms. Make sure that you've downloaded our app. You can get all the information, everything through the app, uh, Oaks Church Texas as well. All that stuff you can download right off of our website. But I want you to make this declaration with me and then we'll make it available for you. You can declare this in your life on a regular basis. Just say this with me. Say, I will live in wholeness and in total health. I will prosper in all ways. The coronavirus has no place in me. I am the property of God. I am the body of Christ. Sickness and disease have no authority in me. Viruses die on contact with the authority of Jesus in my body. I am full of God's authority. I have the keys of the kingdom. What I bind will be bound. And what I loose will be loosed. I walk in God's authority. Watch this. Hell is terrified of Christ in me. The hope of glory. The victory of Christ lives in me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's what King David wrote in Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Fear not, Oaks people. Fear not, people of God. God is with you. Amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.